Ah, you're not happy to be in church today. Amen. As the code entered your throat and it's making you not better don't say code has entered your throat. If you say that you are coronavirus positive and they are not in this church. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Alright, so um I welcome us to church again this morning, and I'm praying that this morning service will mark a turnaround in your life in the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles there with you, lift it up and let's make our declaration together. If you have your Bible with you and it is your Bible, not a rented one, lift it up like you just don't care, say this is my Bible. You don't have a Bible with you, the way you are speaking. If you have one, say this is my Bible, it is the Word of God, and I believe in it. I am a child of God. I live by the word. I do what it says I should do. I have what it says I should have. I go where it says I should go. I'm a child of God. I live by the word. And by the word of God, I will rule my world. Amen. Welcome us to the third diet in our series, The Unusual. It's been an amazing discovery knowing that the plan and purpose of God for our lives is to make us different from everyone around us. But much more importantly, to make us like himself. To make us like himself. I'll take us through scriptures that we'll be reading this morning and then we'll get on driving fast and wait fast. Uh, our first scripture this morning is our main text for... Um, this series. But before we read scriptures, let's pray together. Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask this morning that as we speak your word, as we listen to your word, as your word comes into us, we pray this morning that we will be transformed by it. We pray this morning that your word will do something new in our lives Amen. and we shall be better at the end of this encounter. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, let's read together like we always do want to go. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This Passion translation stands out for me as we look at this scripture. And I want us to read it again because it seems to have all that we need in it to understand this series. Let's read together one to go. But you, a lot of you are not reading. If the person next to you is not reading, jab the person for me. You have the right. You have the right. You have the right. Okay, so it must be better now. Let's go one to go. Stretch your hands to the North Media. Stretch your hands to them. Let's pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them that the Lord gives them wisdom, grace to behave, to cooperate. Serve God this morning. Pray that they should serve God this morning. Pray for them to serve God this morning. What's the problem? You have office, pata pata. Fan. Fan blow it away. So is he back now? Oh, it's well. Alright, so because for want of time, let me read from here because we don't have all the time in the world. Is it this fan? Off it, off it, off it. Ah. Your efforts will not be in vain. 
Your efforts will not be in vain. Amen. You spend all the time in the world. Okay, let's read together. I want to go. For ye are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous life, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. When I read this scripture, I said, wow. How can one person be described first as God's chosen treasure? That same person is described as a priest. That same person is described as a king. And again, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. Tell someone beside you, I'm too much. I'm too much. You didn't hear me, you didn't hear me. Say, I'm too much. I'm too much. Ah, only me, God's chosen treasure. Only me, a priest. Only me, a king. Only me, a spiritual nation. Only me, God's devoted one. The person being here, say, I'm too much. I'm too much. I'm too much. Oh, God. Oh, PP. God. God, make only you all of this. You are unusual. I'm unusual. The world ain't seen anything. They have not seen the stuff I'm made of. And so that is why my rising to display, to broadcast his glorious wonders is something the world will see. And this is what interests me. He said, I am to do this where? Where am I to do it? And does that connect with our vision of a global destiny? I pray for all you all here this morning that you will get to the ends of the earth. You won't go to foreign nations to suffer. You will go there to display the glory of God. Let's read the next scripture, which is 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. I love this scripture so much. Let's read together, everyone. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should become the sons Last scripture for the day, and then we get on Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. What does the scripture say? For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs endlessly for God's sons to be made known. And wait for the revealing and the disclosing of their sonship. I pray for you this morning that the purpose of God for your life shall be fulfilled. Amen. 
We're looking this morning at the unusuals, a people of purpose. A people of purpose. Miles Monroe said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. When even a person does not know his purpose, he lives to become anything, everything, and nothing. Did you hear me? When you live without a purpose, you will become everything, anything, and the baseline thing you will become is nothing. And that is the greatest tragedy that can befall you, man. When you live for nothing, you will not live for nothing. Amen. You will be known for something great. Amen. The unusuals are a people of purpose. And the Bible said, the purpose for which God made us is that we should not just be called, but we should become. We should become what? Let me get ahead of myself to say that we do not have any problem with becoming doctors, engineers, lawyers, aeronautic engineers, program writers and encoders and decoders, becoming police officers, soldiers, whatever. We don't have a problem with becoming that. Those things don't bring the value that we are. What brings value? What validates our personalities? What makes our personalities more certain? Is that what? We are called the sons of God. So you can be the best pilot in the world, but if you have not come into that place of being called and known as the son of God, you are living the other side of life. You are not the unusual person. If your greatest joy and achievement in life is that you finish your university as a medical doctor. Because there are many medical doctors who will go to hell. There are many of them whose life will be a mess. And this is why I want you to take this series so seriously. Because at the end of the day, your life will be a true reflection of balance. Because God will give you all that pertains to life and to godliness. You will have what it takes to stand in quarters that matter and even before God. And that is why last week I was telling you that whenever God wants to begin something new in a generation, what does he do? He raises a new generation of people who begin to learn new habits, they develop new attitudes, their lifestyle and culture becomes new. Above all, they start doing things differently. Let me share with you quickly that what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to do in the land of Babylon was to learn how to live when God restores the captivity of his people. They went to Babylon as a preparation moment to become all that God wants them to be. And that is why this morning I want to quickly say, even though it's not in my sermon preparation, as many of you who are not living with your parents now, 
or who have reasons to go to boarding schools, I congratulate you. I've said this sometimes ago, but I'll say it again. Every man in scripture, woman in scripture, who God used to do something great, did not live all their life in the comfort of their parents' houses. Is somebody here? Is somebody here? Do you want me to begin to mention their names for you? Did Samuel live with his parents? No. Did David live with his parents all his life? No. Did Esther live with his parents with her parents all her life? No, sir. Who again? No. Did Joseph live with his parents all his life? No, sir. Every man God uses to do something great. A time comes in their life. God takes them out to test them, to make them, and to prepare them for the future. If you waste that moment of your life, you are a wasted investment. If you think that time God takes you out of the comfort of your parents' house to make you and test you, to prepare you for the opportunities of the future, if you take it as a time for freedom and then you begin to do as you please, you are a waste waiting to be announced. Teacher, you are hearing me this morning. And every one of you who are not currently living with your parents, you are either in school, you are living with your uncle or your auntie. I standing here for the most of my life, I didn't live in the comfort of my parents' house. There was a time God took me out. There he made me, he tested me. He made me realize that even when nobody is there with you, I am there with you. He prepared me for a time now to become a blessing to the entire family. If you make a waste of that time, you are a waste waiting to be announced. You will not be a waste in Jesus' name. Like I said, this is off my slide. But I think it's good news for everyone here. Because I know that some of you will leave home soon. You will go to school or some of you are already in school. And you think, now I have the freedom I have always had. And you can do as you please. You are a fool. A glorified one with a crown on the head, but you just don't know. That time God takes you out of the comfort of your parents' house, it is to make you and give you the capacity to live alone and still have your senses correct. So when you understand this, it is easy for you to live your life fully as the son of God without geographical de- definition. You are not, you know your parents' house have an address. So because you are in their house, you want to behave yourself. There are some of your friends who will not ask to come to visit you at home because you know daddy will not allow them. Because all of their heads is either they have painted it blue and black or they have dreadlocks all over. They wear shredded jeans and you know your parents will not tolerate that. So because you are, in your, you are the son of your father in their house, you behave yourself. But the moment you leave school, in fact, they are your roommates. You sleep and die. In fact, you even borrow their shredded jeans to wear because you know you can't wear it. Then when you are going home, you put that one by the side and you wear the correct one. May the Lord deliver you. Every man God used to do something amazing in life did not grow in the comfort of their parents' houses. It was a making moment. 
may you not miss that moment of your life. So last week we said that when God is about to begin something new, He raises a new generation. The current generation has failed God. The current generation is disappointing God massively. Many people in our generation today, I mean the generation in which we are in, they are living the opposite of the purposes of God. They don't live their lives as the sons of God. They live their lives as the sons of men. And the Bible was speaking about the sons of men in scriptures. In the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, it spoke of what they were doing. They degenerated in morality. They came down, they turned their brain to shoes that they were wearing around. And that was why men were going to sleep with men. Is it not happening nowadays? That is what the sons of men can do. But when they become the sons of God, they begin to live the life of Christ. You will live the life of Christ. You see, I said it last week Sunday that as many of you who choose to pattern your life after the things we teach here, your world will throw a red carpet for you the day you emerge. Why? Because you have been made for such a time as that. Forgive me, I will be on your case, but it's for your own good. So, we said last week that to be unusual is to be outstanding, remarkable, or interesting because you are different from or you are better than others. You stand apart. To be unusual is to be different by all standards. It is to be unique. It is to be uncommon. It is to be someone people can't imagine. The Bible said when Jesus was in the synagogue at the age of 12, he was discussing with lawyers, doctors, teachers of the law, and they were wowed at his level of reasoning. He was not like the ordinary children they knew. There were some of those people Jesus was discussing with, they had 12-year-olds at home, but they were not like Jesus. And so they wowed at him. God make you a wild generation. Amen. The unusual, when we speak of them, they are the wild people. Whenever they show up or speak or they behave or they dress or they do anything, it leaves a lasting awe in the hearts of people. And people say, wow, we've never seen a time like this. The unusual are not those who dress and they walk around the street and say, I want to be, I want to dance, I want to be. I want more who be one that one more. Have you ever? Yes, sir. Two more, I want more. Don't know, I want more. I want Malians. You don't know, I want more. No, they don't know, I want more. You know, Malians? How do you, how do you know Malians? They are always with dreadlocks. Uh huh. They don't wear bells. The ladies don't wear bras. What are you getting? Are you here? That is how they know them. When they see themselves, they know themselves. But for us, who have now become the sons of God, our identity is unseen. The spirit of God that works in us. The Bible said it bears witness within us that we are the sons of God. So when I see a fellow son of God, something in me tells me, here comes the son of God. Guys, the unusual are a people deliberately, God intentionally called them out to begin a new order, to begin a new trend in a generation. They are the new wine in an old wineskin. 
In fact, God takes them to a point where he makes them new wines in new wineskins. They are from an ancient generation, but they are new. They are not defined within time. They are not called millennials. They are not baby boomers. They are not generation Z or Y or X or anything. They are the sons of God. I wish I had a better way to say this, but I don't have it. The Bible is simple and straight. He did not look for any other adjective to qualify the unusuals. He says they are the sons of God. I'm no longer a slave to faith. I am a son of God. Our desire in life ultimately is to be the sons of God. I said at the beginning and in the morning when we had the worship that we can be doctors. Don't get me wrong, go. Don't get me wrong. We can be doctors, we can be programmers, engineers, we can be bankers, we can be all of we can be presidents of nations. As good as those things are, they are nothing compared with the identity of the sons of God. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has in store for them. I need to take my time to lay this foundation. I told you last week that I don't know when we'll finish this series. So just take me as I'm flowing. If I'm saying one thing again and again, it is for you to get it. That you don't go out, oh, I'm a law student. Ruth, you, are, you will be an exceptional law student. Yeah. Are you getting me? My dear brother, what's your name again? We have two lawyers here for him. Two of them. Do you know him, Ruth? In your family, you know? Yeah. He's also a law student. Who have them? Who have doctors, engineers? Will have musicians, will have good fashion designers, internationally branded. We will have them, artists. Do you understand? But it is nothing compared to taking the form and the identity of the sons of God. They understand that they will do well in any of these fields when they take on the form and identity of the Son of God. Why? Because Jesus, the Son of God, in whom God begot all of us. I hope you know he spent most of his life as a carpenter than he did as a teacher and a preacher. The Bible said, when did he begin, begin his ministry? At 30, right? At 30, right? And from when he was born till he was 30, what was he doing? He was going around with Joseph carrying this thing as a carpenter. His life as a carpenter was not different from his life as a rabbi. Guys, is this thing, is this simple for us to understand? Elaine, is it making sense? If it's not, let me know. His life as a carpenter was not less his life as a teacher, a preacher, and a healer. So as a carpenter, he was the son of God. As a teacher, preacher, and healer, he was also what? The son of God. So as a son of God in a carpenter's responsibility, Jesus will not tell you that he's going to make a chair for you and you will get it in two weeks and in three months you'll be looking for him, you will find him. 
And at the end of the day, you will forget the job in his hand. Jesus will make a chair for you. He will tell you, I will use my whole gani. And then at the end of the day, he will use my liner. If Jesus acted as a tailor, he won't tell you your clothes will be ready for Christmas. And you will get it after New Year's celebration. In fact, there are some tailors, you, you won't even know your clothes again with them. His life was one, 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 the Son of God. Fully man and fully God. None was less of himself. He was an, he was an unusual person. I want you to get this clear because again I'm saying it, you will be the best in your generation. When they are looking for people that set a pace and blaze a trail, you will be part of them. But hear me very well. It is not for show. Don't you know I'm the next best surgeon in town? You are a fool. You are, you are just, there's another surgeon somewhere. There's another surgeon somewhere who will win a award just as you will win a award. But there is nothing, nothing, nothing to be compared as being called the sons of God. Nothing. So let me run quickly in the few minutes that we have. I believe God that in the second service I'll be able to touch on many other things that I will do in the first service. You know how we do it in the second service? Sweetest, sweetest service, sweetest service. Come for first service, it's good too. So let me share with you this morning the purpose, the lifestyle, the responsibilities of the sons of God. What are the things that makes the sons of God the sons of God? Yes, do not forget that the sons of God are those who have come in covenant relationship with him. They have now been called the born again. The people in whom the spirit of God lives. Their lives have been purged by his blood. They have been washed from the guilt of sin. And now they have a right standing. They have no righteousness of their own. But God made them righteous. So they now stand in the presence of God. Without any guilt or fault. Even when the devil says you sinned yesterday. They say yes I sinned but not against you. I against my father. And I've come to him and I've said dad. Sorry. They now have the boldness that the Bible speaks in the book of Hebrews to come before the throne of grace where they can find grace, they can find mercy, they can find help in times of need. They are the sons of God. That's the foundation. If you don't have that one, all these things we are saying, it will be sounding like Pythagoras theorem. It will look like your homologous series and your Tokyo chemistry and your organic chemistry. Where you cannot explain how NaOH, NaOH begins, you know how those molecules begin to move? They begin to break. And you ask yourself, sir, I don't understand. How did this thing break? You are not there. Just know it. Just, just know that where Na disintegrates, it will go, it will migrate, it will become OH. So you now have NaOH. But this one, this one, the reality of the Son of God, it is not a book you read, it's an experience that you have. It is a life that you live. It is your reality. You don't need to cram it. You don't, you may not know that for God so loved the world that the gave is only becoming son is in John 3.16, but you know that God loves you. 
You will not be able to say that, hey, in, in, I think it's in First John chapter 1, chapter 2. Wait, what he's saying is that, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto me. Just know It's your reality. Guys, if you don't get anything I've said this morning, I'm going to share something, but in case you did not get anything, get this one. Get this one. Our pride in life is not that we become doctors. It's a good thing. Are you with me? Our pride in life is not that we become mathematicians. It's a good thing. Whatever you want to become, they are all good. But much more, there is something we desire to progressively, daily, till we die. We want to become the sons of God. That's all my desire. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. One thing, one, one, one thing. Guys, I told you second service last week that we all will be great together. We will be, but much more, we will be called the sons of God. Amen. I was telling you last week, I said, I'm saying this because I have testimonies, living proofs. The young man behind you there is a first class student. What else will you leave a university with? Are you with me? Everybody was only the first class. But very few are called the sons of God. Yes, sir. Hmm. Hey. hey. Guys, the sons of God have major responsibilities. They are a people of prayer. A people of prayer. In Luke chapter 18 on verse 1, Jesus speaking the parable. He said everything and he said, to this end, men ought to pray always and not to faint. To pray always and not to faint. That they walk on the streets of Shomolu and they are kabashen. Father, let your will be done on earth. Let my life be a pleasant sacrifice unto you. We possess the streets of Shomolu and Falago in your name. And we declare that your kingdom come. They are a people of prayer. They don't only wait till they come to church on Sunday before they pray. They pray 24-7. Because a man who does not pray 24-7 will become weak. They are a people of prayer. The sons of God, they are a people of prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 4, is this first Peter? Yes, sir. Is it first? Yes. And what? It's first Peter. You know, there was wrong with your slide. Slide on slide. There's no mind. on your own. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible speaking there. It said, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Unto prayer. We gather here every Wednesday to study and to pray. Some of you never show up. The identity of the sons of God comes with a responsibility. And it is to wait in the place of prayer. It is to wait in the place of prayer. Prayer becomes their weapon of change in the world. I need to, maybe I will take this slow. I'll take this slow. I'm not going to rush. 
They are a people of prayer. They use prayer to change the world. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He said, I'll seek my face. He said many things, but this is my greatest desire here, that I will heal their land. They are a people of prayer. They are in a particular school, and they know that there is one teacher in that school. The testimony of that teacher is not good. You know what I mean? His testimony is not good. Everywhere people say bad things about him. Is it that they saw him yesterday with one student, one small girl, and was molesting the girl? Or he's a yet teacher, he does not know what he's doing. And these people call the sons of God. They position themselves in the place of prayer. And say, Father, light and darkness cannot exist together. Yes, sir. This man is darkness, he must live here. Not by death, but something must take him away. And as they pray that prayer, God gives him a job somewhere else because he has become stupid and foolish. The sons of God, prayer is their weapon of change. Arguments will never settle anything, but when we get on our knees in prayer and commune with our Father and say, Lord, I know my parents love me, but they don't have the resources at the moment to pay my fees. Lord, please do a miracle. And you see God show up. They don't joke with prayer. They've been home for years looking for admission. And they have been arguing. They gave me, they gave me. The cutoff was not the cutoff. The cut down cut me off and everything. But more importantly, the sons of God realize that we have a weapon of prayer. They have a weapon of prayer. An important part of praying is a willingness to be the part of the answer. We are praying that Nigeria should change, but we are the problems of this nation. Can God use you as an answer to the prayer of this nation? We walk around the streets of Shomolu and we say, it's dirty, it's this, it's that. Who threw the dirt there? I hope you know that prayer is not until you kneel down and kabash and speak in tongues and call down fire that you are prayed. I hope you know a decision to do things rightly is an answer prayer. When you eat something and you look for the nearest dustbin to throw it, you have become an answer to the prayer. Bending our knees in prayers keeps us from breaking under the load of care. Sometimes when you think about life, it can weigh you down. It can make you a mess. No wonder Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Prayer is that time where we come before God and we lay our burdens to him and say, Father, I am pained, I am hurt, I am sad and unhappy, but you have promised me that I should roll my cares to you. And that's why I've come to do it today. Prayer. It's an opportunity for fellowship with God to know his will for our lives. Each time we kneel in prayer, that hymn says, When I kneel in prayer, and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. When we kneel in prayer, when we come in that fellowship of prayer with the Father, he reveals his will to us. 
They are a people of worship. They are a people of worship. The sons of God, they know what it means to worship God. In Romans 12 and verse 2, it said, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable as the will of God. In the third verse, it says, For this is your acceptable worship. In this First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 29, the Bible speaking there says, We should give unto God the glory due his name and bring him an offering and come before him, worship him, the beauty of his holiness. Not that you come to church and the choir is singing, your hands are in your pockets. Because God throughout the week, he messed up, he did not behave himself. Your God, you messed up, you did not behave himself in the course of the week. So you have come to church on Sunday and say, oh, the Sunday I think I don't send you, I don't know it. Your God, man. Even if you don't know it, can you just lift up your hands and speak a word to him and say, You are my father and I worship you. The Bible said, God in spirit is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We must make him the Lord of our lives, who we bow to. You are not too big to worship God. The sons of God, they worship him. They worship him. They come before his presence. The Bible was speaking about the 24 elders in heaven. They says, we lay our crowns. They take off their crowns and they put it at his feet. So their crown, for instance, maybe it's a doctorate. It's a certificate in engineering. And they say, you are Lord. This crown, we put it at your feet. Guys, whatever stops you from worshiping God makes you a God before God. But hear me very well. God will crush you. We gather to worship God and praise Him, and you stand at a kimbu as if you are doing beauty contest. You don't know this God. David knew him and he came before his presence the day the ark was brought into Jerusalem. David danced and removed his clothes. And one woman said, Hey, king, I said, Go by. I hope you know she never had a child. For the sons of God, worship is a weapon of warfare. It is the sons of God that can sing, My worship is my weapon. This is how I win my battles. It is the sons of God who recognize that it is not people we come to church to admire. It is God we have come to adore. The sons of God know that when they come to church, it is not about the style of music. Ah, I can't forget what Uncle Femi said one day. I don't know that day I was in the flesh. And I say, ah. And when they were there, morning, three twenty-five hours. See, I passed up. I want, I want, I want. Whatever song they sing, our own is just to just worship God. If we don't know the lyrics, we dance by the beat, yes. around the beat, on the beat, and even off the beat. We just want to worship Him. Let this be the last day for me that I will come to church and say I will not worship God because of the way I slept last night and woke up this morning. God does not care. 
He said, if you fail or refuse to praise me, I will restore. Yes, Friends, I beg you, don't feel too big before God. Don't feel too big before God. Choir have come for the house house twice a week. On Sunday, they are before us, leading us to worship, to sing a song of praise. And just say, Father, we have come to tell of your worship. We have come to show you the work that you are in our lives. And so we are worshiping you with all that we have because you are all in all for us. We have not come to look at whether Ruth dressed. Maybe Ruth is wearing girl or skirt today. Or she's wearing... Last week she was not in touch and God moved. Thank you, dear daughter, for raising people that can stand in your stead. But we have not come to look at any of them. We have come to worship God. God alone should be worshipped. I feel pain in my heart when we have to motivate you and jingle you like a bicycle to worship we have to come and shake you. You want to go to a Joe? And you will look at us like this. Ah, for God, you don't know him. We've seen men through worship, the rise to great heights. Through worship, it was, John said I was in the spirit. That means I was worshiping. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, come up higher. But if the choir even fails and refuses to worship, I will not be silent.
is that you will make us a people of worship, a people of prayer. And above all, we will become your sons. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright guys, we're done with service. Thank you for coming for the process. Um, welcome to church everyone. It's a good day. I want to believe that we all had a productive day. All that we set to achieve and accomplish for the week. We're having it fine and running. I want to welcome our twins to church. Hi, welcome. Welcome everyone. I trust that today is going to be a blessing for us. I acknowledge that it's been stressful. Some of us have had uh, reasons to go uh, for other programs of the convention and then um, for, for reason of stress, I want to take it very slow and see how much of a blessing this meeting will be. Can we bow our heads to pray once more? Father, this evening again, we come before your presence to study at your feet. We ask that in our meeting today, you bless us all together. We ask that you turn things around for us. You open our eyes to what we need to learn. And at the end, our lives shall be better. We pray for our friends and loved ones that are on their way here. Please bring them here safely. And let your name be praised forever. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Can I hear you believe in amen? Amen. amen. So look at someone beside you and say, welcome to church again. Right, guys. So I remember sometimes last year or two years ago, I told you, that the church is like a petrol station and you are like a vehicle. Now, the rate at which you visit the petrol station is the rate of the use of petrol in you in your car. You don't have any business going to the petrol station if you have a full tank. So, for many of us, I understand that some of us are busy, that is why we can't make it to church for midweek and so we can connect online and all of that. But for some of us who just stay at home doing nothing, it's not a good thing. Right? If you make use of what you receive from God and from such meetings like this, very well, you will realize that you will want to always come again. That is one. Secondly, if you eat a good meal from a restaurant or a cafe, you would always want to go there again. Is that true? You would always want to go there again. Right? So I want to believe that what we've been hearing here is making sense to us, and that is why we are here. I'm praying that today again we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Alright, so on Sunday we began our series. Um, beyond you, we, continue, we began um, the study on the people of purpose under a bigger theme, the unusual. So let me mention quickly that I remember saying last week that today we'll be having an interaction with Victor. Victor couldn't make it today because uh, himself and his parents have um, an activity to do somewhere, but he said he will be around next week Wednesday and we'll have that interaction. But he's prepared and his mind can't wait for that time. And I believe that many of us still can't wait to hear from that great guy. Okay, so I'll continue from where we stopped on Sunday, but let me just run through what we, we did on Sunday. But perhaps there's someone in the house who wants to share with us something that you left here with on Sunday. What was it you left this church with on Sunday? First service, do the second service, do the second service. Right, do the second service. Second service was, <laughs> ah, Jesus is Lord. Second service on Sunday, guys, how was it? It was unusual. It was unusual. 
I pray we have more of such visitations and even greater ones. Right, so what did you leave Sunday with on Sunday? What did you leave here with on Sunday? Very quickly, what did you leave here with on Sunday? Let's do that quickly because I have a long way to go. What did you leave this place with on Sunday? If I Speaking of the identity of the unusuals, uh, in, in terms of purpose, they are known as the sons of God. Yes, Sam, you want to share something with us? Good. In our cultures, we are the sons of our every fathers. We should strive as want to be the son, son of God. Yeah, and that's by relationship, by relationship. We, we, we are the children of our heavenly parents, but much more, we are the sons of God. And I told you on Sunday that even your father also wants to fit into that frame of the Son of God. All right, Ruth, let's take you. Disciples of how many nations? All nations. All nations. 
In the book of Acts chapter 1, the Bible was speaking about the mandate that when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, there will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. And he said, to the uttermost part of the earth. Can I give you something this evening? There are some places where God is yet to be heard. There are some places where God is yet to be seen. He's expecting you to take him there. I want you to know this evening that there are some places that are still looking for the expression of God in their midst. You are hearing this message because God is going to take you there. Let me leave you with this also. The world has heard so much about Jesus. They are waiting to see him. But this time around, Jesus will not be seen as the man who walked the streets of Galilee, healing the sick, raising the dead, and feeding 5,000 and all of that. The Jesus the world wants to see today is that banker who sits on the teller desk and does his job that Christ would do. The Jesus the world wants to see today is that engineer who does his profession as an engineer but reveals Christ. The Jesus the world wants to see today is that medical doctor who works in the lab or in the theater, working on people, giving them health and wellness, but much more revealing Christ. And that was why I told you last week, Sunday, that it is good for us to desire to be medical doctors, to become consultants, to become artists, to become musicians, philosophers, lawyers, and all of that. But much more, the prime of all of these desires we have should be the identity of the sons of God. Alright? So I hope that is good for us to start and we, look, we looked at this scripture that all that God sent his love for, the purpose why God lavished us with his love, everything God did in John 3.16, going to the cross to die, was for us to become the sons of God. And so if this was what Jesus lived for, it is worth living for. If all Jesus came to this earth to make happen is that we should be called the sons of God, it is worth it that we live our lives striving to fit into that framework, into that picture, into that model of the sons of God. And so we also said that the sons, the earliest of creation, is awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Look at someone beside you and say, the world is waiting for you. The world is not waiting for you as the medical doctor. But the world is waiting for you as the medical doctor and the son of God. And in fact, at the point, you will realize that as you flow into this, as you remain in this identity and frame of the son of God, your, the medical doctor part of you, if you want to be a medical doctor, becomes less pronounced. The son of God becomes all the world sees. So there is, there is a medical doctor in the Son of God, but the knowledge of the medical doctor is not what drives you. That is less. Because at that point, you enter the theater, looking at the patient on the, on, on, on the what do you call that, on the stretcher, right? And sometimes you don't need to cut open to do anything, right? What do you do? Speak the word. Be healed and heal it. 
God is waiting for medical doctors who will carry the power of the Holy Spirit through their profession and begin to walk miracles. Yes, drugs, injections, amazing, good, great inventions and great discoveries. Fine. But there is a level, there is a realm God wants us to operate. Miracle walkers. The Bible speaks of the disciples walking on the street of, of, of Jerusalem back then. And the Bible said that their shadows, aprons taken away from them, were healing the sick. May God make you that kind of person. Amen. The Bible said the earnest of creation is waiting for the sons of God. And so I said, this, this by now should become something we can even say offhand. Why? Because I've said it again and again. Now, whenever God wants to do something new, whenever God wants to begin something new, what does he do? He raises a new generation. So the essence of truth is to raise a new generation of teenagers who will understand what it means to be called the sons of God living on earth. So the entirety of your life, all you should strive for is to be part of this new generation of people who God will begin to teach a new culture and lifestyle. They begin to develop a new attitude. They begin to learn new habits and develop new ideas and above all, they start doing things differently. I'll say this again and again, to be unusual, when we speak of the unusuals, we are saying it is to be outstanding, remarkable or interesting because of one is different from others. Time is really running. Okay? So, I, I think I, I shared this with us on Sunday too, right? I shared this on Sunday. That the unusuals are the people God purposefully called out to make and begin a new order. We are specially prepared by God to display His praise and purposes to the wider generation. Okay, I remember also sharing with you that Jesus spent most of his life as a carpenter and a healer of the sick on the street. And when he worked as a carpenter, he wasn't less the son of God. And this is one principle that drives me every day. Drives me every day. And that is why I'm always passionate that God's people must be excellent. I was watching uh, Nigerian Idol audition yesterday or day before yesterday and then and then a girl came to sing um, a song how many of you saw that hallelujah this girl from Rio she came to sing that song great voice everything great but she lacked the excellence and the character that she needed to pull up that show and so she wasn't qualified and that's why I said that Next level's success in life does not answer to your loudest email. There is a necessity to develop character. You must develop the character and the competence as you carry Christ everywhere you go. So Christ, competence, character, you can't put anyone aside. Great voice this girl had, but she came overconfident. And she sang nonsense. And she was edged out. So don't come and shout praise the Lord in Jesus' name. We bind the devil and cast the devil. Meanwhile, they're talking about ideas and you are at the back bench. 
No, no. He said his divine power has given to us all that pertains to life and to godliness. Alright, so Jesus was a carpenter and he did not make 40 chairs. He didn't fail on his delivery. He wasn't the doctor who operated the patient and left scissors and cutting wool inside the body. You know heard of that? Japanese. Alright? A, 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 a mechanic, the mechanic or organizer recently walked on uh, someone's car and was to tighten the knot of the tires and he didn't do it well. And this guy was on top speed going and the car began to go wobble and wobble and he realized that excellence is key. Don't just say you carry the power of the Holy Spirit and you can speak in tongues. Meanwhile, in your walk, God is looking for something else. Alright, so this was where we landed on Sunday, the purpose, lifestyle, and responsibility of the sons of God. What is it that makes the sons of God the sons of God? I shared two points with you on Sunday. What were there? Huh? People of prayer. People of prayer. Again, what was the second one? People of worship. People of prayer and worship. And really, God moved us to worship in the second service on Sunday, and indeed we felt God. It was awesome from start to finish. It was an orderless, orderly service. We just flowed, just flowed. Okay, so it was learned to pray. Hi, I, I, I wish I had, I had my way to move. Okay, so um, must be a people of prayer. The necessity for prayer, okay? And then, of course, the second point I said was the need for us to be worshippers. We must worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Today I'll be sharing with you on the unusuals, the people of purpose as a people of love. A people of love. John 13, 35. The Bible says, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The purposeful people are people driven by love. Love is the operating system of the unusual. We must give the world a new picture of Jesus. We must let our light shine and that light is love. We must love not just in words alone, but also in deed. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When we speak of love, we are not talking about a feeling. We are talking about an action. The Bible says, God loved the world. And then it moved him into an action to give. Was love. Love is our operating system. Every other app, whether you are intelligent, whether you are generous, whatever it is that is your core, it runs on love. It runs on love. We must love and not lost. We must love and not lost. Many things that the world calls love today is lost, pure lost. The moment a guy tells a girl, I love you. It's simply because he wants to touch her body and kiss her and hold her romance her. 
That is lost. That is not love. And those who lost will become lost. L-O-S-T. Those who L-U-S-T, they will become what? L-O-S-T. We will look for them, we will see them. We must not be people driven by lust. We must love. We must love in words and love in action at the same time. What does it mean to love? To care. To care for people sincerely. To help people without expecting anything in return. What does it mean to love? To love is to be sincerely right. We must love God with our all and we must give Him our best. Can I say this? That our expression of love, our expression of love, must go beyond what people can see in us that we do. It must be something that we become. Friends, I told you time and time again that you are not doing well if you have a clothes that you have grown past and you feel this clothes is too good go and the best thing to do is to cut it to a shot that you will use to run the streets of Shomoli. When there's somebody beside you you will give and that will be Christmas or birthday wear. The unusual are people who love. Jesus was speaking, he said don't say you love me if the men that are around you you have not shown them love. The true picture of our love for God is our love for men. Not for anything we can receive. Not for anything we can receive. Okay, so we must be people who love and love sincerely. Jonathan saw David and loved him. And you know what he did? Each time I look at the story of Jonathan and David, I'm always stopped. Jonathan supported David for something that would have been rightly his. Now, that tells me that love would make you give away what people think you deserve or desire. Okay? But you see a greater good in the other person. By right and inheritance, Jonathan should be king, right? Isn't it so? But he knew that David would be a better king than himself for the good of the people. He supported David's ambition to become king. That is love in action. It is love. So much to say about love, but let me remind you also that if we all have our hearts knitted together, supporting one another, the symbol of love is carved out of it. It's carved out of it. Alright? This looks, this looks like what I will say any day, any time. The unusuals are a people of purpose with an understanding of the prophetic. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 down to 16. Can we all see that scripture on the board? On the slide? Can we all see? Can we read it together? Maybe we can understand better. If you can see, let's read together. Ye are the salt of the earth. 
But if the sword have lost its server, wherewith shall it be sorted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on the hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The people of purpose are a very prophetic people. And when we speak about the prophetic, we are not talking about you seeing somebody walking on the stairs saying, come, 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 come. As you are going like this, one car will stop on the way. It will tell you to enter. Don't enter. Don't enter. As good as that is, it is just one leg of the prophetic. Can you guys hear me very well? It is just what? One leg. And you know when you are standing on one leg, you can't stand for none. The prophetic is about foretelling and forthtelling. This is what it means. You see what is to happen and you declare. Alright? But again, you find in scripture what is written in the plan and the purposes of God and you call it into existence. And that is why when we gather for a prophetic worship, I tell you to pray and make certain declarations. And you are the way you do it, I ask myself, are these people are they are they there? The dimension of the prophetic, every one of us should desire, which is calling those things that be not as though they were. The Bible says, Let the weak say, I am strong. To prophesy is to declare the mind of God concerning a person and concerning a situation. Where there is war, God has given you so much ability to declare peace and it shall be established. God said, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established and light will shine upon your path. Friends, the unusual are prophetic people that take territories by the decree of their mouth. Such as is consistent with the plan and purposes of God. You get to school and you realize that everywhere is in a mess. You discover that the environment, and you see one of the things about the prophetic is that it makes you extremely sensitive. You get to a place and just see that. Those who came in on Sunday after service, I was discussing with one of them after I said, So when I, the person did not see all what was happening here. Say that. Ah. But maybe I came in and I realized that the environment was charged. What the prophetic does is that it increases your sensitivity. You become very sensitive. When something is about to happen, the Spirit of God prompts you to, to, to begin to have a view of what it is that is to happen. And then it does not stop there. It equips you to declare what God wants and what should happen. Tell you people, tell you. Ah, I saw, I saw, I'm going to prophesy that three people will die, four people will die, this and that and that and that. They are weak. 
Their prophetic grace is standing on one level. The kind of prophet God wants to raise from the unusual generation are those who will see that three people will die, and there will say these three people will not allow them to go. They contend in the place of prayer and superimpose, make the will of God to grow, to override what is the will of man. Friends, the prophetic dimension is what helps us to position ourselves as a voice for our generation. It positions you as a voice for your generation. You declare the mind of God. You signal where God is calling people to walk. We must be a voice for our generation to tell our generations the path to follow. Not that everybody is becoming a mediocre and keeping quiet and they are romantic foolishness. And then you two, you don't join them and you it was a part of those who were rise to say this nonsense was stop. You are in a class or in a school and students are dying. Students are falling sick anyhow as we. And you say it's normal because the exam is coming. It's not normal. The grace of God upon your life confers you a prophetic authority to take a stand. The Bible says we cast down every evil imagination. And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What is not normal cannot continue to exist. All of us will be abnormal. There is a grace and authority that is prophetic upon your life that God has offered you with to declare enough is enough. Things can't continue to happen like this. Let your life come into your class, first day of semester. So this course. The first time I taught it three years ago, 50 people failed. The second time I taught it, 60 people failed. Only 10 people passed it. The third time, which was last year, about 50 or 40 people also failed it. 20 people struggled to pass. And out of the 20 people that passed, 10 had seats. The rest just was left a people go. So now as you are writing this exam or doing this course, prepare your mind, about 50 of you will fail it. So don't, don't, don't worry. A is for me. B for my family, I can allow the C for you. <laughs> and then you too, you don't say, ha, Father, please, let me just fall into the C. Ah, ah. You want to fall into C? You fall into the C. There is a grace upon your head. If you understand that you are, you are, you are part of your unusuals, to say, the others ahead may have been failing, but beginning from this generation, we truncate that trend, we put a stop, we rewrite the story. Dear lecturer, you don't go and confront him on your knees. On your knees. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the heart of God, in the hands of God, wherever he lose it. Because, dear lecturer, I decree by the mind and the word of the Lord. That negative report about this course ends now. Our generation charts a new course. You must have that kind of understanding. Else, people will just be saying rubbish on your head and you will be saying it's okay, it's well. Part of the authority and the, and, and, and the privilege of the prophetic is that whatever people see about you that is negative, 
not with with arrogance. So, just you know, that, that's not me. That's not me. Somebody tells you you are unfortunate. Say no, that's not me. Just say it inside of yourself. I'm fortunate. I'm blessed above all. I'm blessed beyond limits. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You are passing by saying you know the group. Say no, sir. That's not me. That's not me. He doesn't know. I'm part of the I'm the only leader of my generation. You may not know the future, but you know the one who holds the future. And that same man who holds the future has told you death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then you close your mouth. They close your mouth and say, close that thing. You must open your mouth and speak. We must declare and decree the will and the kingdom of God upon our generation. Friends, I beg you, as you walk around the street, don't just walk around the street like somebody who is going to take something from Mama, Mama, this is your. No, no. You must walk around like the prophet and take your street for Christ. Some of us are walking through some places today that certain people took for God in the years that they lived. Back in the days, those men walked on our streets and declared that this street, children will rise from this street to become great men. They will not serve the purposes of the devil. Whatever is the moral decadence and ungodliness in this community, these people who live on this street will not be a part of it. And you, you are walking in this today and you feel you don't have any responsibility to your generation. No, no. We pray that minister the gift of the Spirit upon you as you walk on your street. Kabash! The Bible says it's good to pray. You need to shout by the hair. Walk out on the street and declare the will of God. As I walk through for that road today, I declare that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the people. Whatever cause, whatever negative seed is sown in this community, by the prophetic grace of all my life, I know them. We must be committed to becoming the fulfillment of that which has been prophesied about our generation. Remember that in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2 and chapter 3, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room. How many of you remember that story very well? From Pentecost Day. Good. Now, remember that when that happened, people were saying, what is this? Right? What did Peter say? Eh? What did Peter say? Hmm? Yeah, what was his reply to the audience? They are not drunk, eh? He said, This that you see is that which has been prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It shall come to pass in that in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, this is where I'm going. The disciples saw it upon themselves as a duty to become the fulfillment of what had been prophesied. Now, what does this mean for us? Let's go back and take our Bibles and begin to read. What does the Bible say about your generation? Begin to work in it. Begin to work in it. Yes, sir. The Bible says that our generation will multiply into thousands of tongues around the world. Our, our generation will do what? We multiply. 
into thousands across the world. That's it. That's it. We need to discover these things and begin to work in them. Don't just live your life fulfilling selfish ambitions that you just saw in your dream in the night. Eh? Like, there are ways this and it's very funny. You play football in the afternoon and in your football game, you went to be at the corner and then in the night when you are sleeping, you are dreaming of the football you played in the afternoon and you went to be. What happens on your bed here? Just read them okay? That's not the kind of fulfillment I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fulfillment of what you have come to know that the Bible says about your generation. And that is why this, our no Bible, no breakfast, will always be relevant for us. Because every day, it opens our eyes to what has been written concerning us. How many of you are doing no Bible, no breakfast? Please up your hand. By now, the number should have increased. One, two, three, four, five, six. Some of you are not sure. Victor, you are not reading your Bible before breakfast. Essay, you are not reading your Bible before breakfast. Elisha, you are not reading your Bible before breakfast. Speak my boy, what happened? God bless you. Even if it's once. Watch out for this guy. You must, you must make yourself an addicted read out the word of God. Sometimes even not to memorize, but just to know what is written there. You see, you can't, you can't fulfill what you don't know. Yes, sir. You cannot appropriate what you don't know. Let me give you an example. Eh? Somebody, a, a rich man is about to die, and in his will, he said $10,000 in my account at the uh, uh, Bank of America should be given to my first son. And that first son now, his father has died. The will has been written, but he does not know about the will. What will he be able to claim? Nothing. So please acquaint yourself with what is written in the scriptures concerning you. Okay? It's very, very important. We must be committed to becoming the fulfillment of what has been written about us. Okay? The last point I'll be sharing today on a people of purpose is that the unusuals are a people of faith. They are what? People of faith. If there is anything our generation needs today, it's a people of faith. I shared with you two weeks ago that in one of these series I'll be talking about the value of trusting in God. Trusting in God is an act of faith. The reason why many people in our generation are dumping the God and jumping protocol is because they lack faith. God has said certain things that will happen concerning you. But you feel God is late. So you want to help God. So young boys are now going into Yahweh, they are going into uh, fetish practices. They go and meet one Baba somewhere. They are telling them to kill their mother, to kill their sister, to kill this, to bring ladies' pants, and all of that. It's foolishness. Foolishness. Sharp foolishness. Sharp. Hebrews 11, verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 6. The Bible said, Now, faith is the substance of things not for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. He went further to say, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Friends, 
must be a person of faith. If you want to find your space in this generation of the unusuals, you must be a people of faith. Read this book of Hebrews very well, chapter 11. You will see. I think that was what PK was. That was our study last week, Wednesday. The Hall of Fame of people who lead their life in faith. Daniel Shadrach, Mishak, and Abednego. In fact, those three boys own their level of faith is another one. It got to a point that said, even if God will not come, we are not going to bow. Ah! I was just picturing God inside my mind. Because they see this boy. They want, they want to put me on the run. <laughs> Let me not disappoint them. Bible said before they were thrown in there, he was already there. A people of faith. Absolute confidence in the ability of God. God is waiting for a people that will risk it all for him. A people that will not allow anything to make them be, ah, is it worth it? Guys, can I beg you? Everything may not be sure, but God is sure and certain. Can you hear me very well? Everything may not be sure, but God is real and is sure. Please don't live your life on fables and fake promises. Live your life in faith. Let God know that in this life you are born, He is the only one that you have. And wait to see what He will do at the end of the day. I'm not talking about the faith that gives you bread and butter. I'm not talking about consumers of spiritual goods and services. You know consumers of spiritual goods and services? Those who want healing, breakthrough, marriage, children, admission, landed property. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. That faith is good though. It's the level, it's a good level. But there is a level of faith where you challenge the territory of the wicked only for the glory of God. You become sold out to God and everywhere you go, your life is God-branded. Some of you are not here. I'm talking about a faith life of absolute reliance in God to become all that He wants you to be. You don't have alternatives. Some of you, they ask you now, in your job, what did you do? You say, ah, I think you need that. You need that faith. Uh, Java Tech, if Java Tech fail, uh, FC Africa, if FC Africa fail, I will go to what again you go to? Yeah, localities. Hey. I'm talking about this kind of faith. It's God and God alone. God, if you like, go one million miles away, I'll be there waiting for you. Till you come, I will not move an inch. Friends, I want to beg you. Don't think God is late in coming. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Confidence and, and, and believe. Don't believe anything but believe God. We'll round up now. But I want you to leave this service with this. That 
we must believe God as the one who was, who is, and will be forever. We must walk in faith where no one else has walked. I said it and I will say it again. Enter your department and your faculty knowing that with the grace of God upon your life, living your life in faith, you will write a new record that has never been set in your faculty and department. Not to make a name to yourself, but to tell them that there was one boy, one Jesus boy, who came to this department and made Jesus know. I was telling myself, you see, if you have the, the opportunity to become Nigerian idol, or you go for an audition, which song will you sing? You know the song that we sing? You are gone from beginning to the end. You know, leave the lyrics and see your I just want to go there. Even if they don't give me ticket to the next phase, I have on public and national television told them that there is a God somewhere who no one can argue about. I may not win the accolade and the yes, yes, yes. Are you getting me? But I have made God know. The Bible says the eldest of creation is awaiting the manifestations of the sons of God. People who will make God known, not by word, but by action. Time will not permit me to talk about this. But many of you, somebody comes and tells you that I have need for bread and I'm hungry. Yeah, because you are hungry. Oh, sorry, let us pray. Meanwhile, you have bread and butter and garlic in your house. You see this face you are talking about. Hear me very well. Don't mind that you are You see this face you are talking about. It is the new generation version of Peter and John. Who will get to the beautiful gates? And the man who was born blind, lame, and cannot walk will say, Give me something. And they will say, Silver and gold, we have. The anointing, we also have. Take the money, and in the name of Jesus, rise up. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Not the one who goes around looking like the world is in chaos and all has ended. All has not ended with us. Right. The world is yet to see a wealthy people and they will come from the church. Yes. But they will not just be wealthy in Naira and Kobo. They will be wealthy in the abundance of grace. Yes. In fact, they will carry grace. They will carry graces. They will walk in an unusual path. And people will say, excuse me. I thought they said this man is a medical doctor. Yes, he's a medical doctor, but he's the son of God. I'm rounding up today by telling you that faith is an area where growing up means you must become more like a child. You know, children, they believe you. You tell my boy, how you mean it? I will buy you a replay. We believe you. They don't want to know whether you have a play or not. Is it, is it okay? And at the end, they are buying a play. Toy, pop, and I don't want to know play. To become like a child, to believe with reckless abandon, you have nothing to fear. You know when they ch- ask you, when your child wants to ask you for something, they don't look at your bank account. They don't even look at your face, whether you are smiling or not. They come, they are not. I need this. 
Faith is the vitamin that makes all we take from the Bible digestible. And makes us able to receive it and assimilate it. If we do not have faith, we cannot get anything from the word of God, including eternal life. I wrap up with this today. For your usuals, purpose is not just about what career or profession will take on. I told you on Sunday, of course, it does not mean we'll be failures or serious people. But in whatever we do, our greatest priority and identity is to be called and known as the sons of God. This for us is a greater pride than becoming anything that only gives us personal fulfillment and satisfaction. You become a doctor for your family and for your right journey, Dr. Lucy Cotton. What about it? If that, I want to be known and for the Son of God. Become a person of faith, a person of the prophetic, a person of love, a person of worship, and a person of prayer. We need to wrap up now. We need to shut down. We need to shut down. We need to shut down. Does anybody have one or two questions you want to ask and then close this sentence? We can take the discussion to our platform. You have not been engaging me on the platform. That's why I've been quiet. You see, I've not been talking on the platform except I have flyers to post. Ask me questions. Come there and let's talk first stuff. Serious stuff. Yeah. I can drop. Me. Yes, now on the podcast too. Yes, you can visit our podcast. I don't have that. I don't have that now. I've shown it to you, so you can visit that. You can always get a sample from there and then share the best. Anybody with question? Anybody with question? All right, but don't forget that. What I said on Sunday, I'm saying it again, and I will always say it. It looks like my one sample. It looks like my one sample. We will become great together. Amen. Okay? But it will not be for the pride of here comes Adebisi Koso, the first class graduate of the department of who is now pursuing his master's and has a scholarship to do a PhD. Those things are good. Are you hearing me? They are what? Are you here? You are angry. Those things are good. To have a car, to have private jet, to have multinational, they are all good. I get it, but they are not useful for here. There is a greater pride and honor that we all must pursue. And it's to be known and addressed as the sons of God. The Bible said that when that man saw David and was to make a recommendation of David to King Saul, he said, he's skillful. I think I need to teach on that picking. Please remind me to work on that series. The Bible says, he said he's skillful, he's good looking, he's this, he's that, but the spirit, he said, and the spirit of the most high, the spirit of God lives in him. Did you hear me? He said everything, he said he's skillful. He's beautiful and handsome. He dresses well. Eh? He drives a car, or she drives a car. She walks in MTN. She walks in me. But the Spirit of God lives in me. See, when that one is there, every other thing is gone. Other things may go to come back. It's a matter of time. Let's go ahead and pray this evening. I want you to just pray this evening. 
I want you to pray, 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 pray. We need to shut down now, but I want you to pray for one minute. Just pray, pray. I don't know what's your prayer for, but just pray anyhow. Pray anyhow. Pray anyhow. Pray anyhow. I told you that we will not be mediocre, we will not be failures. We will not miss out of what God is about to do in our generation. But much more, we will be called the sons of God. I want you to pray this evening and receive grace from God to fulfill the mandates for your life. I want you to pray this evening and receive grace from the Most High. Receive grace, receive grace, 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 grace. Pray for grace to be outstanding, grace to be your usual, grace to carry the Spirit of God.
your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you again this night for what you have done. We are living here knowing that there is a call from heaven for the sons of God. Help us, oh God, to answer this call. Help us to become the sons of God. Make us your sons, Father. Let your grace be released upon us. As we go from here, go with us. Turn our lives around. Give us your peace daily. And let signs and wonders come from us. Lord, we stand here again to vow that we will project you in our generation. We make a vow in your presence, O oh God, that we will make you known. Whatever you make us to be, do not be for ourselves, but to be for you alone. To you be all the glory, Father. Be honored all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's give our offerings and celebrate in fellowship. Let's share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.